this week has been powerful. I have the privilege today. Yeah, give the Lord a hand. It's been powerful. Since Tuesday, we've been here and our theme has been found in Job chapter 42. So if you can open Job 42 with me, please. Job 42, we read from verse 12. Job 42 verse 12. And I'm reading the NIV Bible. It reads as follows. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the first. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, a thousand yoke of oxen, and a thousand donkeys. And he also had seven sons and three daughters. The first daughter he named Jemima, the second Kezia, and the third Karen Hapuch. Nowhere in all the land were there found women as beautiful as Job daughters. Oh, Shababa. And their grandfather, and their father rather, granted them an inheritance along with their brothers. Verse 16, our main verse. After this, somebody say after this. Say it again, after this. Look at your neighbor. I know they are far from you, but just look at them from a distance and say, neighbor, after this. After this, Job lived 140 years. He saw his children and their children to the fourth generation. And so he died old and full of years. There's no crisis that God can never take us through. With God, there will always be an after this. When you read the book of Job, the beginning chapters of this man's life, you see a life that is beset with all kinds of sad things happening. Tragedy, pain, loss, to a point that his own friends said to him, he needs to walk away from God. He needs to curse God and die once. Even his own wife said to him, what's the use of you praying when you are going through all of this? But in all of this job, much as there was a time when he was in doubt or in frustration like we have been during this lockdown, in spite of that, he still exercised perseverance, unwavering faith in God. And in spite of his suffering, you see, God will never leave you to be destroyed in a crisis. For the fact that you are still here when others have passed, when others didn't see today, it must mean that something God has in store for you after this. And so, with all the rough situation that Job went through, there was still an after this. We know it when we read the Bible that rough situations happen to people. In the Bible, people lost their children. People lost possessions. People lost their health. Same thing that happened with Job. But if we learn to trust our God, 
about the fact that our lives are safe in his hands, we will all have an after this. And this is what we want to inspire now, today, during this conference, and throughout this month. We don't want people to wallow in despair. It's true, maybe you lost your job. It could be that you lost family members. It could be that you don't have any source of income. Yes, of course, this thing came on us when we were not expecting this. But I want you to know that God is a God of after this. So, this whole week, we received life-changing preaching. Inspired preaching from the servants of the Lord. And I believe with all my heart, they delivered a word in season. And so I felt as I prayed, it would be good for us this morning to do a small reflection and revision of what the Spirit said to us from Tuesday. I don't know if the matriculants are writing. We don't, I'm not so sure anymore what the writing situation is. But I know at some point they have to do some revision. So these matriculants here were going to do a revision this morning starting from Tuesday. It's important when we gather to note that as these servants of the Lord prayed, God laid a word in their heart in line with the theme that we had set. And through each one of them, there's a specific area that God was addressing. So I want to remind all of us today, when you sit down and analyze the conference, what was God saying? Well, on Tuesday, this is what God said through his servant, Pastor Ray McCauley. He preached a message, living in hope. We heard that we need to live in hope and not in despair. We found out on Tuesday that hope is the foundation upon which we build our life. As a matter of fact, hope is the foundation upon which we base our faith. Never allow yourself to lose your hope. Even if you don't have an answer yet. Even if you don't know how you're going to come out of the situation that you are in. Have hope. And know that when you have hope, you can then base your faith on hope. The Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. The New Living Translation reads, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Do we have some people who have faith in this house today? The Wish Translation reads, now faith is the title deed. Of things hopeful. Let's say a title deed. Ne? A title deed is this document that you get that shows that you are the owner of a property. So if you want to go and make a loan, go bank, you go there and they say, Why, what do you want to seed this against? What surety do you want to give us? You say, well, I have a house. They say, show us proof. You give them the title deed. They don't actually come to the house to inspect if you have the, the house. They only look at the title deed. Faith is the title deed of things that we hope for. In other words, when we are holding on to our faith, even if we don't see how we are going to turn out, our faith is that title deed. I'm here to tell you, you have a title deed that after this, God will take you to another level in your life. We, le we learned on Tuesday that faith moves us forward. Rather, hope moves us forward. Hope energizes the present. 
Hope lightens our darkness. We learn that hope is the bedrock of faith. We learn that hope is infectious. And we learn that hope stabilizes us in the midst of a storm. Can I hear a good amen in the house? So we learned, God said to us, have hope. Have hope, Mtanasakai. Have hope, Mwanamudimu. God has not forsaken you. God has not forgotten you. Have hope. And build your faith on hope. See, when you have hope, even when everything around you is falling apart, where now you can see a light at the end of the tunnel because you have hope. And then on Wednesday, we learned that our God is going to give us double for our trouble. Reverend Chris Matebula read many scriptures, but the outstanding scripture for me was Zechariah 9.12. And he, he didn't want to read it in the King James Version. He said, no, King James is too complicated. He says, give me a version that is suitable for all of us, the New Living Translation. This is how it reads. It says, come back to the place of safety, all you prisoners who still have hope. I promise this very day that I will repay two blessings for each of your troubles. Listen, Mazalana, we have gone through trouble, we have gone through pain, we have gone through challenge, but let me tell you something, God is going to pay us double for our trouble. Our God is a God who helps us. That even after we have gone through a difficult time and a storm, he's a God who is able to restore. He brings back what was lost, what was stolen, what was taken away. It may not come back in the same form, but God is a God of restoration. We learned, therefore, if we want to be the candidates of receiving that restoration, of getting double for our trouble, we must do the following things. Number one, we need to position ourselves where we will have the life of God. What does it mean? God told Elijah that I'm going to feed you through the ravens, but I want you to go to a place called there. My question is, do you know that life-giving place? Do you know a place that when you go to that place, there's something about what you get from that place, what you hear from that place, that changes your life. Let me tell you, one of my places called there for me is church. As you are sitting here listening to the word, as we are fellowshipping and worshipping and raising our hands to God, but Tina, we know this is our place called there. A place called there is wherever God guides you, wherever God leads you to have an interaction with God. Because it doesn't matter how bad things are in your life. When God visits, no matter how long things have been out of line, no matter how difficult things are, it doesn't matter if it is the valley of dry bones that are dead and they are gone and they have been there for a long time. God is able to bring life in the valley of dry bones and I see God bringing life to you in the name of Jesus. 
God gives us double for our trouble. We also learned also we need to be planted in the house of the Lord. This is why I'm saying people must learn everywhere. Go back to church. Go back to church. It's all right to sit in front of the television. Nothing wrong. It's okay to log on. It's fine. If you are not able to come for whatever reason, it's fine. But as churches are opening, go back to the church. Tell your neighbor, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. Psalms 92 verse 13 says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. You know, one of the things I've discovered during this time was that there are people who don't see any value in religion. They don't see any value in what we do in worshiping God. That's why they, some of them, they don't really regard the church in any rank whatsoever. And I'm saying it's fine for them to believe that. They have a right to believe that. But I also have a right to go to church and worship my God. Can I hear an amen? amen? We need to come back to church. Because I think people have gotten bad habits of being lazy now. Yeah. No, maybe you don't like my preaching, but I'm going to preach. I think people have gotten, you know, we, we, we cultivated the good habits of going to church every Sunday. We were there, we, we went, you know, and then we stayed at home. It, it was for a reason, and I understand, even now I understand. But, but the, 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 the unintended consequence, like literally the, the unintended consequences, I guess because is that now people became lazy. Yeah. But you get planted again in the house of the Lord. Can I hear an amen? Amen. We also learned, thirdly, that we need to be obedient to God's voice. God told Abram to go to a specific place in a time of famine. And told Isaac to plant in the midst of famine. So if you want to be at that place where we have double for our trouble, we need to be obedient to God's voice. And we learned finally, and I haven't taken all the points from Reverend Chris, but we also need to learn to walk in forgiveness. Because when you read Job chapter 42 verse 10, you know that Job had some friends who were funny people. It says in verse 10, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. These are the same friends that were instigating him and they were saying things to him about his God. Maybe some of you, through the trouble you've been through, people looked at you and said, what's the use, Choma? What's the use, Choma? You have lost more than I lost, even if now I don't pray and I don't go to church. And they said something that hurt you and wounded you. You have no time to walk in unforgiveness. Just forgive them, because if you don't walk in forgiveness, you are not going to get double for your trouble. So we are going to walk in forgiveness. Can I hear an Amen. And then on Thursday, we had our dad, Dr. Elijah Maswanganye, where he reminded us the statement of Job, my redeemer liveth after this. My redeemer liveth. See, we're not going into crisis with a God who's dead. Even if we may not fully understand this season, but my redeemer liveth. And I love the way Job says it in Job chapter 19, verse 25 to verse 7. He says, as for me, somebody say, as for me. Say it again. Shout it out. Say it one more time. 
Say it like you believe it. Point at yourself. Say as for me. Say it again as for me. You know why I wanted to say that? Because you see, I cannot give you my faith. You can't give me your faith. I can't believe God for you. You can't believe God for me. If someone else wants to mock God, that's their right matter. As for me. Somebody say as for me. He says, as for me, listen what he says. He says, as for me, I know. Hallelujah. <laughs> as for me, I know my Redeemer lives. And he will stand upon the earth at the last. And after my body has decayed, yet in my body I will see God. I will see him for myself. Yes, I will see him with my own eyes. And I'm overwhelmed at the thought, as for me, my Redeemer lives. It's time for us not to shy away from giving a personal testimony of the goodness of God. It's time for us, when others say God is dead, we should stand up and say, I beg to disagree. As for me, I have seen God draw me from trouble. I have seen God pull me from places. As for me. You'll be hearing Barcelona testimonies from some of our members who survived COVID-19. One of our church members, we thought through Nabazalana. It was so hard that they were this close to passing. I'm not exaggerating. We'll let them tell you their own story. And when they were betwixt and between, hanging between two worlds, they saw things. In the words of Paul, that are too sacred to talk about. We remember as we were praying for them and we would give them a call to talk to them. And it was amazing for me because we prayed and they didn't know what we were doing. When we called them, then they would say, what were you doing the other day? And I wanted to know why were you, why are you saying that? said, no, you were doing this and this, this was affecting the kingdom of darkness. You did this, this, did this. As you were all praying, this, did this. They didn't know what we were doing. But as we were praying, God ushered them into the spirit world to see the effectiveness of your prayers and my praying. Somebody say, as for me. As for me. You'll hear the stories. I want them to tell you the stories from their own mouth. Eh? These are people, authentic people. They are not making up stories. Let them tell you their stories. That's when I realized why God helped us and was gracious to inspire us to have that prayer. 24-7 prayer in July. Come on, somebody. And after that, we had the, we had the 14 days prayer chain. Are you, are you there, somebody? It was so powerful. It was so powerful. It was so powerful that everything that was predicted had to be put aside. Everything that was said had to be put aside. Somebody say, yes for me. Yes for me. Let others be cynical. Let others be cynical. Let others say I am crazy. But it's good to be crazy enough for your life to be spared by God. As for me. As for me. Yeah. During crisis, we saw the goodness of God. We saw another side of God that we didn't know before. And after this, 
Our faith in God is stronger than it was before. After this, we will pray more than we have prayed before. After this, we will go to church more than we have gone before. After this, we will live by the word more than we ever did before. As for me, as for me, I've made some serious decisions during this time. I've realized that there's a lot of power in prayer, in intercession. Even if people say, Leandringa, even if they play around Kamalimi, as for me, as for me, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the presence of God come upon your life and raise you up, child of God. Do not look down upon your faith. Don't look down upon your praying. Don't look down upon the things of God. As for me. 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 Raise your hands, pray in the Holy Ghost as for me. Rebe de Bosokoria da Mamma Baraba Cotresalaba Nabaria da Borobo Seca Bresa Carabora Bade Rebesete Cresela Bahaya Brapalmanahande Brabalaba Curebeca Mahamande Brebeleve Cotoro Siria Nabahabo Amama Mando Rebeceta Brabalaba Curebesete Telaba Mamma Mahaile Refer Bada Revenabosete Remember, this is what we're doing right in the middle of COVID-19 when, when hundreds of people were dying and the numbers were going up every day, every day and there was fear in the nation and we kept receiving bad news after bad news after bad news after bad news and the predictions was it was going to get bad but we stood in the presence of the Lord and spoke in tongues and spoke in the language of heaven as for me as for me as for me as for me Jesus, hallelujah, be seated for a while, presence of God is in this house, stay on, stay on, just keep on playing like that, keep on playing, on Friday, Bishop Chalo spoke a word on the other side of crisis, says when you go through crisis, you need to ask the right questions. He says the name Job itself actually is asking the wrong question. Where is the father? That's how it's recorded in the Talmud. The truth is that in crisis, God is not hiding. So the right question to ask is not where is God, but what is the father up to? The right question to ask is to say, in this crisis, what can I learn? 
In this crisis, what is it that I'll strengthen in my life? And I realize that had I not had this discipline, had I not had this practice, I would never make it through crisis. I can tell you, had we not known how to pray, I wonder what numbers and figures we would be hearing about in the nation today. He said, the truth is that God is not hiding. Because we learned that even if crisis comes, crisis is not permanent. No crisis is permanent. Every crisis has an expiry date. Therefore, we learned the power of prayer during crisis. Because prayer produces what he calls a prophetic perspective. That you look at life and you look at everything in crisis from the perspective of heaven. This one I didn't know. That when God spoke to Jeremiah and said, call unto me and I will answer you. And I will show you mighty things which you don't know. At that time, Jeremiah was in a pit. Jeremiah was in a dungeon. Jeremiah was in the heart of the earth. His life was in crisis. And God is saying, instead of focusing on the pit, call upon me. Because when you call upon me, when you pray, you'll be able to see life from God's perspective. Because when crisis comes, all we see is crisis. But God doesn't panic when crisis comes. Because God is in control of our lives. Can I hear a good amen? We learn therefore, that there is still life on the other side of crisis. That in spite of all the pandemic that has come, we remind ourselves that there are many pandemics that have hit our world. And in spite of all this pandemic that came to our world, humanity is still here. Because God has hardwired every one of us to have resilience. And with God's help, we will still be here after this. And yesterday, <laughs> we learned how Jesus coped with changing times. Because Genesis 8.22 tells us that as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. So we realize that the world as it has been created by God will always go through seasons and times. Our world will always be changing. And if you understand that, we'll understand that change is the constant of the world. For that reason, because our world is constantly changing, we need to learn, therefore, how to cope with changing times. So we drew lessons at Jesus as his life was panning out, that Jesus learned to cope with changing times. Number one, Jesus learned that in this changing world, you must learn to have mastery over your life. Have mastery over yourself. Have mastery over how you relate to other people. And have mastery over change. The only way to master change is to understand that the ability to, to adapt and to grow in the midst of change is the best gift you can ever give yourself. He showed how when Jesus was 30 years old, he heard an audible voice that changed his entire life. And after hearing God speak to him, Jesus went into solitude 
for a time of reflection and thinking in the presence of God so that he can look at the future from God's perspective. And Jesus understood, my life is no longer the same. I'm being moved from being a carpenter now, moved now into ministry. My life is no longer the same. And the only way to deal with my new season is to lock myself in solitude before I launch out into the uncertainty of the future. And to hear what God is saying to me as I navigate this new chapter in my life, I do so by the word of the living God. And when Jesus encountered opposition, he learned how to cope with opposition. He understood there are certain things he couldn't change. He understood that there are things you shouldn't waste your time with. He understood when he had to relocate to a different place. But the best and the best thing that Jesus did was to put his absolute dependence on God for his life. No wonder he said in Luke 23, 46, at the end of his life, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. And when he said this, the Bible says, he breathed his last. What was the spirit saying to us? The spirit was saying, in spite of the crisis and the challenge we are in right now, if we will live in hope, and anchor your faith in God. If you will continue to declare that your Redeemer lives. If you will put your absolute trust in God in the midst of the crisis. After this, God will give you double for your trouble. After this, God will move your life forward. Because there is life on the other side of crisis. And I want to talk to somebody who's watching on television. Somebody listening on the radio. Maybe this season has been very rough for you. And really when you look at your life, it seemed like you don't know how to navigate. I want to pray for you first of all, as you invite Jesus Christ into your heart to be the Savior and the Lord of your life. Life without God is a total disaster. It's a process of guesswork. Things move from bad to worse. But life in the hands of God, even in times of uncertainty, there'll always be an after this. Maybe you want to give your life to Christ right now. But I want to pray with you right where you are. And if there's anybody in this audience who wants to receive Christ, I ask you to raise your hand as well so that I can pray with you right now that Jesus should come into your life, into your heart. Join me as I pray with you. Congregation, join us. Let's pray with you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I invite Jesus to come into my life to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for coming into my heart and for being the Savior and Lord of my life. From today, I'm a child of God, changed by your power, transformed by you. I thank you that my life is safe in your hands. Jesus, here is my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. 
In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.